Will it all be about votes this weekend or a whole lot of kapeki? It's openings weekend and should someone have a serious talk with Chris Froome? I'm Gary, it's the 24th of February 2024 and this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivlavello.cc. Hi everybody, welcome to another Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivlavello.cc. My name is Gary Fairley. Well, it is the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? After all the, the sunshine and the sand of the early part of the season, we're into the misery of a Northern European winter, or at least the tail end of one. Um, it's openings weekend, we have Omlupet Newsblad on Saturday, and we have Kurna Brussels Kurn on Sunday. Um, this is really what we've all been waiting for. And we'll talk um, in a future show about the, the UAE Tour and all that's been happening this week racing-wise. Um, but before we talk about the, the weekend's big races, um, we'll go back to midweek. Um, an announcement um, from Team SD Works Pro Time um, that one of their 13 riders who are out of contract at the end of this season um, has signed for another four years. Uh, none other than the aforementioned uh, world champion Lotte Kapeki, um, who is now contracted until the end of the 2028 season. And filling, you know, filling one piece in the puzzle, um, that is what SD Works is going to look like next season. Um, especially after the rumours that uh, Demi Vollering had been offered a, a million euro contract to, to ride next season for Team UAE ADQ. Um... Yeah, um, so that's a stressor, one less stressor, less for the world champion. She embarks on you know, what's going to be an incredibly busy classics campaign, targeting um, not only this weekend at Newsblad, um, she's got the Tour of Flanders um, and Paris Roubaix on her programme as well. Um, it's going to be an interesting to see how that if that has any impact on what other riders um, will renew contracts with uh, the Dutch team this season. I do wonder if. Um, any conditions might have been placed uh, in Capecchi's contract about being number one rider. Um, and I'm thinking back to last season um, to Strada Bianchi, which is next weekend already, wow, um, where we had the, the head-to-head between Vollering and uh, and Capecchi, um, which really thought was going to end up in a, a pretty tense season for the team. Didn't work out that way. Um, but I do wonder if uh, if there will be any you know protected rider or you know number one rider or whatever clauses in that contract. And I wonder if that will then have a knock-on effect um, for what Demi Volling does in 2025 as well. Now, speaking of, um, a, a, on one hand, what a rider whose future has been sorted, um, we're... I'm going to talk about a rider whose past um, is almost threatening to be overshadowed um, by what's happening just now. Um, you might have heard us talking on the feed zone this week um, about Chris Froome um, shipping five minutes in Sunday's team time trial at the Tour of Rwanda. Um, and we had it with a, a chat with David and Chris and I around that. And, and we were asking, you know, was it tactical genius knowing that the, the time would be taken on the first three across the line and wouldn't count towards GC? Um, and we, at that point, were looking ahead to Thursday's um, individual time trial. Um, no, 
is probably the answer. Um, he finished um, four minutes and twenty eight seconds down on the, the the winner of that stage, Pierre Latour of Total Energy, um, and basically after four stages, being you know a four times tour winner who was seven and a half minutes down in GC in a week long two point one stage race, um, and as I speak, um, after. Stage 6 has concluded he is now 12 minutes down on race leader and Israel Premier Tech teammate mate Joseph, Joseph, Joseph Blackmore um, who celebrates his 21st birthday today. Congratulations, Joseph. Um, there's a serious point on this. This isn't just mindless froom bashing. I think a lot of people have done that um, a lot before um, his, his crash. Um, but this June will be five years since um, his crash when he was wrecking, reconnoitering um, stage four of the Criterium de Dauphiné, um, and he, which left him with an open fracture of his left femur, broken vertebrae, a broken sternum, uh, and losing four pints of blood in the process. Um, a horror crash by any stretch of the imagination, which you really, a normal punter like you and I, can't really comprehend. Um, arguably, that crash robbed him. Um, of a legacy that he might have been, might have wanted, and may actually have been planning, you know, potentially looking at beating the five tours record, a Giro Tour double, um, and once who knows, um, but I can understand his desire to come back, and 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 wouldn't want to end your career on a crash, um, like that. I mean, these are the kind of things that drive elite athletes, and mere mortals like I uh, simply cannot com- comprehend. Um, he's claimed that. He, you know, the tail end of last year, he was talking to GCN and saying, you know, he'd never felt better. He was really optimistic, um, but also he was saying, "Oh, I just really love racing again," um, which is all well and good, um, but it's a big luxury having um, been able to just love your racing when you've got you know, allegedly a five million euro contract um, from Israel Premier Tech. Um, and as that time goes on, and as you know, the performances don't materialize. Um, which is you know good, but not good performances because it, you know however good his body is, and if he's riding to the limit of what his body's allowing him to do, then that's one thing. But good, you know, good results have been few and far between um, during the you know, the already well, we're now into the fourth year um, of his contract with Israel Premier Tech. And as that time goes on, your stock goes down. But you know, in the eyes of your peers, in the eyes of fans, in the eyes of sponsors, um, in the eyes of race organisers. Um, and it also could be, you, know, you might construe it as being a bit selfish, that you're getting paid a fortune to enjoy your racing and just play a wee bit and helping the other riders. Um, but you're keeping a rider, you know, who wants to compete, who is capable of winning, um, out of the team. Um, and there is a real danger that it just, it, as I said, it becomes a bit selfish. Um, and it's a real shame to watch, because I could imagine the frustration if you think you're getting new to form, and yet that translates on the road to you know, five minutes down in a team time trial, um, then that must be absolutely soul-destroying. And the fact that he's able to keep going um, perhaps should be lauded. Um, but I would rather remember Chris Froome um, for, you know, the, the four tours that he did win for stage 19 of the Giro um, that year in the attack on the Colle della Finestra. Um, three minutes down in GC at the start of the stage, 80 kilometres solo, um, and into pink at the end, um, an incredible performance, or even the twenty twenty two Tour de France where he you know, he was third place uh, on the Alpe d'Huez, um, behind Tom Pidcock. Um, you know that's what you want to remember, already. not the guy that you know wouldn't take no for an answer, who 
couldn't give up. Um, and ultimately, uh, I think risks damaging, which really could be a very, very rich legacy. So I don't know what's going to happen this year. Um, Stated aim from Chris is um, the Tour de France. You know, I hope he can get the form that allows him to be picked for that. But, you know, we saw last year that uh, he just didn't meet what the, the team wanted to be um, to be in France. Um, and, you know, on the, the showing so far, uh, as I said, in a 2.1 race in Rwanda, it's not looking good. So, Chris, you know, have a long, hard think. Um, you know, I want to remember you as a great rider, not as the guy who kind of just couldn't leave it alone. However, the focus of this weekend's Saturday supplement is, of course, openings weekend. Now, there is an S in openings weekend, everybody. Let's not anglicise everything. We don't call it the big departure in France. But it's Omloop Het Newsblad, it's Kurna Brothers. Brothers? <laughs> Sounds like a country act, the Kurna Brothers. Um, Kurna Brussels Kuhn um, on Sunday. Um, let's start with Saturday's racing. Het Volk, as it once was, was before it became Het Newsblad. Or if you're Sean Kelly, Hent Hent, because um, the race used to start in Ghent before yeah, it uh, moved to. Uh, to uh, or it's the finish moved to uh, to, to Nineveh. Um, it's the 16th running of the women's race, um, 127 kilometers long. Eight Hellingen, eight, eight big lumpy spider, spiky short climbs, um, and five cobbled sectors. Um, you know, is it a whole lot of kepeki? Um, and you, it would be a would it be a fool? It would certainly be a, you know, a thrill seeker to bet against her making it uh, two in a row this year. Um, and joining Anna van der Vregen, um, Annemiek van Vluten, Emma Johansson and Suzanne de Hoede, um, as being the only riders um, to win two editions of the race. Um, other previous winners starting this weekend include um, Chantal van der Broek-Black, um, who won in 2019, Lizzie Dynan in 2016, there we go, we've got two, two mums in the peloton who've won this race before, um, and uh, Canyon Shram's Tiff Cromwell, who won in 2013. Um, fun facts: um, the youngest debutant this year is 18-year-old Martina Testa of B Pink Bongiani, um, who shades her teammate Vittoria Grassi by three whole days, no less. But who's the oldest debutant debutant um, this year? At 36 years and 286 days, Visma Lisa bikes Mariana Vos. I had no idea. This is the first time uh, Mariana will start, if indeed she's confirmed. Um, there's no green tick yet on uh, pro cycling stats. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see Voss um, racing anything, really. Um, the race takes in some of the climbs that will feature in the, the Tour of Flanders. We've got the likes of the Wolvenberg, the Molenberg, the iconic Kappelmoor uh, at Um And then it's followed by the Bossberg and the de- descent into Nineveh, uh, where the race race finishes. Um, it's largely the same start and end sections as the men's race. It kind of misses out the madness that comes after Odenarda, um, about 70 kilometres in. Um, but it's a, it's a cracking day out. Um, we'll talk about winners in a minute. We'll talk a little bit about the men's race. It's the 79th edition of the men's race. 202 kilometres, 12 Hellingen, 9 sectors of cobbles. Um, we've got four previous winners on the start line this year. We've got Wout van Aert. Um, Arnold de Lee, uh, sorry, not Arnold de Lee, uh, Jasper Stoyden, M- Michael Valgren, um, and Dylan van Barle, who, who won last year. Um, possibly because of its rate position in the calendar, being really for many riders, the first race of the year, it's not 
um, a race that historically has been dominated by a single rider. Um, actually, only three riders have won more than twice. Um, Peter van Pettigem, um, Josef Bruyer and Ernest Sterks. There you go. Um, traditionally dominated by Belgian riders, as you would expect. Um, and it's, you know, round up the usual suspects. Eddie Merckx, Roger de Vlamink, um, Freddie Martins, Johan Muzio, Philippe Gilbert and Greg Van Avermaet, um, as well as well Van Aert. Um, one British rider has won it, um, and he's done it twice. Um, Ian Stannard, 2014, when he took on Quickstep and won, and again in 2015. So, rash predictions, or predictable predictions, really. Um, the women's race, SD Watts could sweep the podium, um, considering that uh, Capecchi and Vollering are heading the lineup, um, and Lorena Wiebus um, last year actually you know, headed the, the, the bunch sprint for second place. Um, but if the teams can get the, t- the sprinters over the Bosberg um, and in the final, um, then, you know, all bets, I think, could be off. Um, it's it really depends on how the the race shapes up um, over the, the 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 previous 120 kilometers or so. Um, I think Little Trek have got a strong team. Um, they've got Lizzie Dyden, um, it's back Elisa Longoborghini, Elisa Balsamo, all capable of being at the sharp end, um, depending on how the race unfolds. And also, you know, two of them equally capable of getting up the road um, and making a gap. Uh, Cassia Nivia Doma. Um, at Canyon Sram leads the team she's supported by as I said previous uh, winner Tiff Cromwell um, I think it's going to have to take a, a successful escape for Cassia uh, I think we said before that you know, she doesn't have a sprint um, but she can you know, just grind away um, up the road and you know, create a gap um, it's mental to think that it's the thick end of five years since um, she won um, at the top level race on the road um, and I think a lot of people, like myself, would love to see her do that and repeat the, the Amstel gold of, of 2019. Um, for, uh, FDJ Suez, obviously have Cecilia Utrecht Ludwig, um, but they've also got um, recent uh, UAE breakaway winner uh, Amber Crack in there. Lewis Adahest, riders who again, depending on how the, the race shapes out, could could be there at the final and uh, could throw in a few surprises. Similarly, DSM's Fife for Georgie, the, the reigning uh, British national champion, um, and at Movie Star, who've been quite quiet this season, I would say, I would, are we outside bet on Emma Norsgaard Bell? Um, yeah, if uh, anybody was there, she, she's been in the mix um, before. Um, I'd quite like to see that as well. So, the women's race, um, it could be SD World domination. You know, we could be looking at a 1-2-3 or a 1-2 or even just a 1 um, but um, I suspect every other team will be working on that basis as well um, so it's, it's going to be fascinating um, to watch that race uh, unfold on Saturday afternoon uh, before the women's race we've got the men's race with coverage on uh, Discovery Plus starts at something like quarter to 1 so it's, it's like flag drop to to, the, to finish um, is it all about Van Aert? Um well that the squad that Visma Lisa Bike have got um, is basically SD Works and Yellow Jumpers. Um, we've got last year's winner, uh, Dylan Van Barlow. We've got Christoph, Christoph Goodrog Laporte, um, Tish Benot, um, Jan Tratnik, Matthias Jorgensen, Edward Afini, um, all capable of doing stuff in a race of this um, this stature um, in this race. Um, or will it just be a battle of the cyclocross at slightly less big two, um, Van Aert and Pickcock going head to head? Um, Tom Pidcock obviously leading the, the Ineos charge. Um, interesting one um, is Sudal Quickstep are led on paper at least by Julian Alaphilippe um, who has been 
criticised somewhat by his DS Patrick Lefebvre um, this week, um, perhaps unfairly, uh, after a couple of barren seasons. Um, he's been accused of, um, I think, liking the good life too much and being under the thumb of uh, his partner Marion Roos, which um, was deeply uncomfortable um, when uh, people start attacking riders' partners um, I'm deeply uncomfortable when they attack them in public like that. The guys won two world championships and umpteen classics. Um, shut up, Patrick. Um, so yeah, um, I would you know it would be nice for uh, uh, for uh, for Lulu to stick two fingers up at his his uh, boss in his final season with the team um, and you know put in a, a good performance. Um, I'd love to see him win it. It's a, 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 an Alaphilippe win is always a popular one. Um, it's also um, a race that potentially Jasper Phillips and Alperson de Koenig, um I, I could see doing some damage in as well. Um, so again, I think it's it's the you know for a lot of riders the first race of the season. Um, legs are going to be I don't know <laughs> legs are going to be cold. It's Europe uh, in, in February, um, but we just don't know what how it's going to shape up. It's just going to be absolutely fascinating, um, and and. It, I'm really, really looking forward to tomorrow. Um, both races, as I said, on Eurosport Discovery Plus, 12.45 for the men's race, 3 o'clock UK time for the women's race. Sunday, Kuhn of Brussels, Kuhn, um, if Ryanair named the bike races. Um, more accurately, Kotrika Brackel Kurna. Um, it doesn't actually quite get to Brussels. Um, just, you know, uh, turning around a few kilometres to the to the west of the Belgian capital, um, this is the seventy sixth edition of a race that was first held in nineteen forty six, the year after the first Omloop Het Newsblad or Het Volk, as it was back then. It's a, a similar profile to Het Newsblad. It's twelve categorised climbs. Um, it's more when it's, it's up and down um, from the gun. Basically, there's less of a running um, you know, before uh, the madness starts. Um, again, we've got a few previous winners on the start line. Tish Benot, last year's winner. Um, Kaspar Asgren, 2020. Bob Jungels, um, 2019. And Jasper Steuven, um, in 2016. Um, the the winningest rider, Menir Kurna Brussels Kurna, is Tom Bonin. Um, it's a race won twice also by Mark Cavendish, which means that you could, you could arguably give it the epithet. You know, a sprinter's classic. Um, and I think it has been, but it's already in a queue, isn't it, with the likes of Skelda Prize, Paris Tour, um, etc, etc. Um, and it's a race that's also been won a couple of times by the likes of Roger de Vlamic, Jan Ras. So, it's one of those ones that, again, if you're getting people into the final, um, anything could happen. Um, last season we had a, a Jumbo Visma 1-2 uh, with Thies Benut, um chased in. Um, by Nathan van Hoydonk, um, ending remarkably it was a seven-year um, wait for a Belgian rider, um, and yeah, I'm looking at the start list, and and it could be a uh, it could be a Belgian one-two again. It looks like Benut's got the number one dossard for or the uh, for for Visma Lisa bike supported by Van Ar- Van Barla, Jorgensen, Laporte, Tratnik, um, and Perstrand. Haganus, I'm, I've made a mess of that, I do apologise, Norway. Uh, but Julian Alaphilippe is also on the start list. Um, in a race, he's, he's, his, his gobshite of a team owner, Patrick Lefebvre, has actually won in 1978, no less. Um, Lidl Trek looks strong, Jasper Steuven, as I said, previous winner, Danula, Alec Kirsch, Jonathan Milan, Tom Schoens, etc, um, etc. Et um, so again, um, 
we we just we just don't know. Uh, it's going to be another fascinating race um, on Sunday afternoon. This this isn't a World Tour race, remarkably. It's a, a point one um, race, um, but yeah, it's I'm gagging for it. As as my erstwhile colleague in podcasting crime, John Galloway, used to say. So yeah, I think that's your weekend taken care of. Uh, never mind things like rugby or football or anything. Um, Belgium is where it's at. Before we wrap up this week, um, news broke literally as I was finishing last week's episode that six-times Olympic and 11-times World Champion Sir Chris Hoy is being treated for cancer. He said, For the sake of my young family, I hoped to keep this information private, but regrettably our hand has been forced. Whilst I'm thankful for any support, I'd like to deal with this privately. Now, a cancer diagnosis is shattering um, at the best of times, and I think any of us, most of us in some way, shape or form, have been touched by a truly, truly dreadful disease. Um, I get the gist from this that somebody had spotted him coming out or going into his chemo treatment um, and was going to go to the media. Um, and that's how the the family's hand has been forced. Um, which is just, just why are people? I just, I just don't get it. Um, the good news is, Chris says, he's optimistic, positive and surrounded by love for which he is truly grateful. As he said, as you might imagine, the last few months have been incredibly difficult. However, I currently feel fine, um, which in itself is great news. Um, Chris, Chris and I have, Chris Sidwells and I have spoken to you um, over the, the years and us and everybody at the Cycling Legends podcast uh, family wishes you love um, and a speedy recovery and you know, we look forward to you know, seeing you on the Olympics in July and, and doing all the things you do so love from us all speaking of Chris's our very own Chris continues his TI Rally book tour I think I mentioned last week um, tickets are still available for his event at Chevin Cycles in Otley on the 20th of March where he'll be joined by Sid Barris uh, which will be just a an absolute hoot if you've heard the uh, the Cycling Legends live stuff that he did um, at the Tom Simpson Retro Ride last year um, it, Sid Barris is, is, is a character in a good way not like a character that you might say about Patrick Lefebvre for example um, get over to uh, I think it's um, Eventbrite yes it is um, and book your tickets I will put a link in the show notes so you've been listening to the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends Podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. Why not drop us a line, cyclinglegendspodcast at gmail.com, or give us a follow on X, formerly known as Twitter, at cyclinglegends1, or you can catch me and my ramblings everywhere at the Gary Fairley. If you like what you hear, why not leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. We're on, we're on Audible and all sorts of places. Um, yeah, we're everywhere. So, you know, tell us what you think, or Send us some abuse, as I say, by email. In the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoy openings weekend. Um, and in the meantime, I will speak to you next Saturday on the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by vivlavello.cc. Bye.